Welcome to another edition of Public Affairs. I'm Ann Gio, and we're here broadcasting from New Orleans, WRBH 88.3 FM, Reading Radio. And you guys are in for a treat today as we have a doctor in the house. Welcome, Dr. Denise Shervington. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm great. All righty. Well, I guess let's just get into it. You've got a pretty long laundry list of roles that you play here in our community. You're um, a clinical professor of psychiatry, correct, at Tulane? Yes. And then you're also the founder of a really interesting nonprofit called Institute for Women and uh, Ethnic Studies. Why don't you get into that? The Institute of Women and Ethnic Studies. I co-founded the organization when... I first came to New Orleans. I was a junior professor. At okay. And where'd you come from, by the way? Not to I came you. from California. Okay. Is that yeah. where you're born, born and raised? No, no, no. I'm born in Jamaica. Oh, okay. Typical immigrant. Okay. Left Jamaica, went to New York, went to school there, and I went to California to do my residency in psychiatry. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Like, typical immigrant. It sounds like you're pulling your weight, like totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't want to drift too far into that conversation. (laughs) Uh, And so I came here to be a junior professor at Louisiana State University, the medical center. And at that time, I felt a desire to be more informed around population health. So usually as doctors, we're doing individual health work, seeing Mm -hmm. patients, working one-on-one. I wanted to have a better grasp of the group's health, community health, population health. And so I know like the Native Americans, they definitely viewed health as a a social, like there was almost no individual sickness. They viewed it as more of a social thing. Mm -hmm. So does that kind of fall under the umbrella of like public health? Yeah, public health. So I went to Tulane and did my public health degree there. And so after I finished, I wanted to start a community-based public health nonprofit that would really intersect and translate what was happening in health to mm-hmm. the community and how community could best line up their lifestyle to optimize their health. Okay, that's a pretty meaty statement. Can you kind of break that apart for us? Mm-hmm. How, like how, how does the community... Just maybe explain some of the research that the uh, nonprofit does. And... Okay, so I'll, some of the things like, say... Diet and exercise. Okay. Oftentimes the language we use, mm-hmm. either in clinical medicine or population health, okay. we don't speak in the language that the average community member understands. The vernacular, right? Yes. Okay. And so, so can you give me an example of uh, maybe some poor language and some better language? Not to put hmm. you on the spot, but... Yeah, let me, let me think about that. Like saying you need to, that probiotics are good for you. So yeah. um, Unless you're going to Whole Foods and you've done yeah. research, you don't know what that is. I but, agree. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think in France now, they're, uh, they have yeah. some new law that says like you can't even use probiotic in marketing materials. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I continue to, just, this is individual, mm-hmm. this is not science-based. Yeah. I do think it could be good for you. Mm-hmm. So how, what does the community understand about that. Okay. Well, maybe some kimchi. Uh-huh. You know, we tend to like cabbage anyway, so yeah. why not just have some of that? Or what I'm drinking now, some kombucha. 
Okay. So just things yeah, like the, that. The to fermented, make... I feel like the fermented mm-hmm. food uh, mm-hmm. trend is definitely picking up some mm-hmm. some speed these mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's not just about languaging, it's mm-hmm. being in the community and being a role model. Okay. So the community sees you as a part of it. And so some of the positive um, lifestyle um, activities that you're engaged in. It's, yeah, you know, it's they like, always say yeah. you can't be what you can't see. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure we, no? you have to see it, okay. but maybe feel. Maybe feel it. That's yeah. even better. I like yeah. that. Um, okay, so, and I know, like, kind of take me through women in ethnic studies. So how does, how do those, I guess I know y'all have done some, like, AIDS, AIDS research, right? Or So we focus on, as best we can, improving the health of our community, mm-hmm. usually communities that are marginalized. Yeah. So whether that's race or gender. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know that if you improve the health of a woman, mm-hmm. you really improve the health of the whole family. Yes. The, the so a lot of generations and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the mother is who carries mm-hmm. the, the family, health yeah. and wealth of the society. Yeah, that's I like that. That's a good um, idea. <laughs> and so by we started out really focusing on women's health. Mm-hmm. Eventually, as happens when you work in that area, then youth and young people mm-hmm. become important. Mm-hmm. And also because we are concerned about the whole community, we've also done work with men. Okay. Yeah. But the focus, the target is on women yeah. and that makes sense because a lot of times our issues get kind of overlooked, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then I saw there was another interesting program called In That Number. Were, were you related okay. to that too? Can yeah. You explain that? So that means I have to go far back. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I have to go back to Katrina. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so when I got back to New Orleans after Katrina, okay. I observed that we were not paying attention in the recovery to the mental health needs okay. of the community. And again, in particular, the communities that we target, that we want to serve, mm-hmm. communities of color, communities yeah. um, who, for other reasons, poverty, as I said, gender, may be mm-hmm. marginalized from the community, the city at large. Mm-hmm. And so what we observed was a lot of behavioral dysregulation in the young people in schools. Okay, so can you can you explain behavioral dysregulation? That's the kind of what people call bad behavior, okay. acting bad. Yeah. But quote unquote bad. Acting bad. <laughs> acting bad. Yeah. Um so the idea so at that point I mm-hmm. knew that this perhaps was reflective of the post disaster environment. Sure. We'd just been through a horrific yeah. natural disaster, thousands of people dead. Mm-hmm. And families were uprooted. Mm-hmm. They were separated. So what we're seeing is unresolved trauma. Okay. So when we had an opportunity to do work in the schools with children, mm-hmm. we started to screen them for signs and symptoms of trauma-based disorders. So okay. that would be post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay, yeah, I have a lot of questions about this. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, you know, how how would trauma, I guess, look in real time if you're suffering it? Because I know, uh, 
I had some situations after the hurricane where I, I felt like I was fine at the time, you know, but then like looking back, it's like, oh, I definitely have, was showing some PTSD symptoms. So how would you maybe explain kind of what trauma symptoms might look like to a public who might be experiencing them, but kind of unaware? Okay. So to be diagnosed mm -hmm. with post-traumatic stress mm -hmm. disorder, which is what PTSD stands mm -hmm. for, it's the acronym. It means that you've had an experience that was extremely overwhelming and you thought you could not cope. Okay. Usually that's an experience. Just right here. <laughs> okay. An experience that you basically thought you're going to die. Okay. So this happens either you were directly exposed, mm -hmm. you witnessed it happening to someone, okay. you heard that it happened to someone who was close to you. Mm -hmm. Or you're a first responder. So those are the conditions okay. under which you can develop um, PTSD. So something overwhelming that overwhelmed mm -hmm. your sense. You think, you think, I can't manage this. I'm going to die. Okay. So anything like a hurricane, an earthquake, mm -hmm. those kind of natural disasters, fires. It could be some kind of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. um, it could be an extremely bad car accident. Okay. It could be mm -hmm. war. This happens to uh, men and women who go mm -hmm. to war and they're in that experience of killing and okay. perhaps being killed. Then if you've had this experience, mm -hmm. if any one of us have th these experiences, we're going to develop a lot of stress. Yes. Our bodies so are symptoms? wired. Yeah. Yes, I'll, I'll get there. Okay. Our bodies are wired to protect us. We okay. have a system in us called the fight or flight system where if you feel you're going to be attacked, your body makes some changes. Mm -hmm. It wants you to be able to either escape, to fight back, or to freeze. Sometimes if mm -hmm. you freeze, as some people do when there's like a shooting, they yeah. play dead. It's like play yeah. dead. Mm -hmm. So you, Right, right. So your body gets very activated when you've had a traumatic encounter. It's going to take you a little time mm -hmm. to get it back together because mm -hmm. all the energy in the body, there are shifts in the neurochemistry of the body okay. to help you to make it through the bad okay. thing that happened. Okay. For most of us, if we have enough support, if we have um, loved ones, people we work with who mm -hmm. said, you know, that was terrible, but you're going to be okay. I'm going to help you to be okay. We're going to help you to be okay. Mm -hmm. The chances are most people are going to maybe after a month or so feel better. Okay. If you don't have that kind of psychosocial support mm -hmm. or if you're wired because you've had a lot of bad experiences before and you're more vulnerable to another bad experience, mm -hmm. then you can develop signs and symptoms of post-traumatic stress okay. disorder. And that is when, so the first thing you've had to have had this encounter, so you can't just have gotten into a little argument at yeah, work and yeah. say, I have PTSD. Yeah. No, <laughs> unless the person pulled a gun on you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you've had this encounter and about four to six weeks after, mm -hmm. there are three, four major things that could happen that tell us you're having PTSD. You keep reliving what happened to you. Okay. So you can't get it out of your mind. You have nightmares, you have flashbacks, you're really not in the present. Your mm -hmm. mind keeps going back to the bad thing that happened. 
Okay. So that's one um, mm -hmm. sign. You become very hyper, hyper reactive. Your body's okay. on alert because you're thinking any moment now something bad could happen. Yeah. So you're irritable. The kids call it. They, uh -huh. they have bad nerves. You're fidgety. You keep mm -hmm. thinking something bad. So you're preparing yourself for yeah. when that next bad thing happens. So as we see here in New Orleans, if if, if it, the weather gets bad, mm -hmm. people start getting on edge because yeah. they're the memories of Katrina. Mm -hmm. You also try to avoid anything that reminds you of what happened. Okay. So if during Katrina you evacuated to the Superdome and you had one of those horrific ex experiences, mm -hmm. the chances are you're not going to be always wanting to go to the Superdome and have a good time. Yeah. You have... You want to avoid the memory, yeah. okay? You also start just start thinking, the world is a terrible place. Okay. I'm bad. I don't need... So you start having depressive symptoms. Okay. You start... You have a lot of shame and guilt and worry. And for some people, the depression can get quite significant enough that they might start thinking about, do they want to live? Okay. Um, hopefully there would be treatment for someone who has those that kind okay. of experience. So often the depression can kind of manifest along with the PTSD. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um and you just might even start having what we call dissociative phenomenon where you are forgetting pieces oh, yeah. of what happened. I'd love to know more about this dissociative mm -hmm. uh so does that can, can does that also encompass things you know kind of like uh, zoning out, mm -hmm. kind of I've heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've you blank out. Okay. And so there are memories that you are totally disconnected from. Okay. Um, or you sometimes for some people they don't they have moments where they don't recognize who they are. Okay. And, and the does, world we call it depersonalization. You don't. You have a momentary lapse in who am I? Okay, yeah, I've heard yeah. this uh, kind of when studying the Cajun Creole stuff. I've heard mm -hmm. that um, just because our history has been so kind of written over that, you know, people from those uh, ethnicities can kind of manifest a little bit of like a little touch of dissociative symptoms. So I've always been kind of more curious about that. But does that make sense if your history that you learn about yourself isn't quite accurate that you might manifest some dissociation or, or is that... A stretch. Could be a stretch. Okay. <laughs> because usually yeah. we are dissociating from mm -hmm. memories that our psyche finds okay. too difficult to integrate. Okay. We don't want to connect with a memory. And so the psyche is mm -hmm. trying to help us survive. Okay. And so to just put it in a lockbox. Okay. So if there were traumatic things about your history being gotcha. erased, yes, then you could have mm -hmm. dissociative phenomenon. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And so what if, if you're kind of starting to manifest, you think that you may have experienced some trauma, like what are some, you know, like the top three things you should do to kind of address it if you... I, mean, I would say if it gets... Yeah, I was going to say if it yeah. gets, if you're having those symptoms, mm -hmm. if you have three or more of those symptoms, you really need professional help. Okay. One, you need someone to help teach you mm -hmm. about what's happening and almost to let you know that you're having a survival response. Okay. The body wanted you, wants you to survive the yeah. bad things, so it's creating, it's distorting the reality a little okay. bit so that you can make it through. Okay. 
Um, so it's really helpful for to have someone tell you. And I had that experience when I first came back here after mm -hmm. Katrina and people are telling me all these negative things that they were experiencing. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's normal. You're mm -hmm. having a normal reaction to an okay. abnormal event. Okay. So, so that's one thing. You also, then your body becomes dysregulated because there are all these stress hormones. So you need some professional help about how to relax the body. Okay. And then ultimately, what a good therapist does is help you to put that experience in perspective okay. and in the past. Okay, so kind of reframing it a little bit? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, what, what lessons do I learn from this? Okay. How does this bad experience shape how I move forward in the yeah. world? Because you can't unring it. It's, yeah. It happened. You can't undo it. So you're it. almost like trying to reintegrate it into kind of your personal narrative, your like little mm -hmm. life narrative story. Okay. Interesting. And you don't want to be... You want to reduce the fear because yeah. what PTSD represents is a lot of fear associated with what happened. Mm, and so a yeah. good therapist will help you to gradually reduce that schema of fear from which you're now operating. Okay. So what do you think are some of the biggest barriers maybe to people seeking out the treatments that they need? And then you kind of mentioned language might be kind of the public, the ideas around public health or... Well, we've always, our history of how we've treated people with mental illness mm -hmm. has not been something that any one of us should be proud of. <laughs> that is true. Oh, and we haven't really looked at the continuum of mm -hmm. mental well-being. Yes. So as I always say, each one of us is a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's no normal, it's, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's how can we function in our lives? Okay. And how do we continually try to be less crazy? Okay. And I think yeah, if we good, uh, had that goal. attitude... We, there would not be such stigma. Mm -hmm. And to me, therapy ultimately is how do you come to understand and know yourself, know how your mind thinks. So everybody good, should be in yeah. therapy. So I think as a society, we need to normalize the quest mm -hmm. for being the best human being that we can be mentally, physically. Okay. Yeah, I guess kind of mental health, that total integrated wellness gets kind of... Mm -hmm thrown to the wayside. Now, you also wrote a book, re right about healing recently? Yes. What's kind of the topics of there, of that? I know well, it, uh, it's, it's obviously trauma-related, but... Yeah, and it's specifically focused towards African-Americans. Okay. For us with this mm -hmm. awful history of yeah. being enslaved, mm -hmm. being depersonalized, being dehumanized, it sets out an explanation of mm -hmm. why some of the experiences we are having now, we're having. Mm -hmm. And then it lays out how we can heal. Okay. So healing is the revolution really means that in order to live the best life you mm -hmm. can, it starts with healing your wounds. And yeah. as I said, all of us come into life with wounds and hurts because yeah. there was no perfect anything. There is no perfect uh, yeah. anything. And so... <laughs> For some groups where yeah. we have forced mm -hmm. inhumanity mm -hmm. upon them, like happened to the Africans who were brought here, mm -hmm. we have a lot of work to do to get our mind right. Yeah. Seem, definitely seems like a lot, uh, uh, just an unfriendly mental space, having to deal with the repercussions of that, mm -hmm. having a lot of interest. It also happens, I think also, but I didn't write this book and I think okay. it's not me to write this book, but the perpetrators mm -hmm. of oppression also yeah. need to heal because 
we are both yeah. harmed by the Definitely. experience. Walking around with a lot of white guilt, I always say, like 400 mm-hmm. years of unresolved white of guilt that you're just not even working to mm-hmm. try and. Um, that's why I think some of these uh, national uh, monuments, you know, like for example, they have the the new. Uh, there's like a new lynching monument mm-hmm. in Alabama. Mm-hmm. I definitely think um, white people may think, like, oh, well, I don't need to go there, but it's like there may, maybe almost some of the biggest people who need to go there and kind mm-hmm. of face mm-hmm. history mm-hmm. to begin to kind of reheal the, those wounds mm-hmm. too. Yeah, we all need to be yeah. healed, reconcile um, the past. I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. So as not to repeat it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we're on our way. Unfortunately, okay. currently, we seem to be on our way. Well, to that's good. It's good re- to hear. <laughs> yeah. Okay. On our way. All right. So anything else? Let's try, I'm trying to think. What, what made you want to go into trauma? I know as a psychiatrist, there's so many different little fields that you could have uh, could have focused yeah. in on. You kind of covered it a little bit, but why well, did trauma been... stick out? I feel I've been doing trauma work all my psychiatric career. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Sigmund Freud, after he got frightened by what he saw, the level of abuse he saw in those who were coming to him for therapy, mm-hmm. and got also frightened that he himself might have been abused, he debunked the idea of trauma. Mm-hmm. It's taken almost a hundred years to reclaim that space that most people who are seeking to heal, mm-hmm. that a lot of the experiences are external. Trauma just means it's something outside of ourselves. Okay. The old analyst that Sigmund Freud switched mm-hmm. into was thinking it's something innate in our desires for pleasure or our aggressive desires that give us discontent. And now we're beginning to say, no, usually for most people, it's either a combination of external things happen that trigger Mm -hmm. internally our feelings of discontent, or it's just, as I said, when bad things happen to us, it's normal to have these conditions. Yeah, that's definitely nice to hear. What's your take on uh, Sigmund Freud? I know there's a lot of... um, you know, battling opinions of him. He, overall, well, he's a pro or con. I, I, I overall, he was just to me just a flawed human being, okay. like all of us. Yeah, he had a significant drug problem. He oh, was he addicted to cocaine, and mm. he, um, he was very misogynistic. Okay, he still he had hadn't quite there. worked out his relationship with his mother. The uh, the first a... analyst who hadn't quite gotten it together about his mother. And he also was in denial about his Jewishness. It, okay. He okay. took him 24 hours to get out before the, when they realized that he was going to be killed. Because oh, I wow. thought he thought he perhaps was not going to be considered in that group of okay. Jews who were being taken okay. and brutally killed in the Holocaust. Oh, so, wow. But he also contributed some greatness to the world. Yeah. So it's just the balance between... Yeah, it's like kind of with Jung. I hear, I hear Carl Jung, I hear the same uh, things. He was a like Nazi and whatnot. But definitely I think he produced some interesting insights. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so anything else maybe about the book that you wanted to share or healing? Yeah, so, yeah, so oh, we didn't yeah. finish okay, in yeah, that yeah. number. So... Having seen all of this trauma mm-hmm. in our kids, we mm-hmm. found 
that the rates of trauma-based disorders were two to three times the normal, I'm sorry, the national rate. Mm -hmm. We decided that we had to do something bigger than just trying to heal the kids or to help teachers recognize trauma. So that was to have the whole city know that there is a population of young people here who are really suffering. And so the hashtag is sad, not bad. Because oh, what happens to, to poor, okay. yeah, what happens to poor kids, usually poor kids of color, mm-hmm. when they are, I've used the term in ear quotes, acting out, uh-huh. they don't get the mental health intervention that they need. Usually they somehow get pushed into the criminal justice system. Yeah. So this In That Number campaign has been to raise awareness that our kids are really psychologically challenged. Mm-hmm. They're not behaviorally bad. Yeah, And so if we provide the mental health supports for them, mm-hmm. that is much more compassionate and more in line with what they need than to be pushed off, pipelined yeah. into a criminal justice system where they're not going to get the help that they need. Yeah, it seems like almost uh, better for the whole community health if you have more people kind of reaching their potential, kind of Absolutely. helping them to do, to do so. Yeah, that's what. The In That yeah. Number campaign is about. Okay, yeah, and there's an Instagram, too, if anyone wants to go follow mm-hmm. it. I saw the, the kids were doing a little bit of storytelling as well. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love when people get to yeah. tell their stories. We have billboards up mm-hmm. throughout the city. Oh, okay. I haven't um, seen that. I have one right by the jail oh. that says uh, untreated trauma is the underbelly of violence. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of work in prisons and many of the people there they had very early childhood traumas that mm-hmm. went untreated. Yep. And so it ended up as we I just tried to just share about PTSD or depression. And ultimately, they might have engaged in behaviors mm-hmm. that harmed other people. Okay, And they're not necessarily bad people, but they didn't get the interventions they needed when they were harmed. Yeah. And so they ended up harming other it's people. It's like a vicious, vicious cycle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything the public can do to maybe kind of support this these uh, endeavors? Yeah. Besides just donations. <laughs> yeah, like heal themselves. Yeah, that's the, the best, more right? healed we are as individuals, the more we care for ourselves, right. the less likely we are to harm other yeah, people. Yeah, draw that projection of uh, exactly. that you're p- putting onto the public. Exactly. So um, let's all get well, mentally healthy. Yeah. And then it will be a much nicer world. Yeah, I'm all for that. You heard mm. it here, guys. Uh, work on yourselves. And then there maybe we'll see if, if we can reach our potential as a, as a collective. You all got right. it. All right. Well, that was our okay. show for today. It was Denise Shervington. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. And thanks for listening to Public Affairs on WRBH 88.3 FM. Be sure to tune in every Monday at 3 p.m. and Sundays at 8 a.m. for more Public Affairs. And don't forget, you can also listen online at WRBH.org or you can stream it live from the official WRBH app. Thanks.